So what are you like at waiting? I'd be interested in hearing your thoughts about your experience of waiting for something that may or may not have come off for you. I remember being told by a pastor that one of the worst things that you could ever pray for is to pray for patience. Because that is like inviting God to make you wait for things, to build your strength in patience. You know, when I concluded at Beacon Community, a Baptist church in Queensland, and note the date, the 3rd of April 2016, I went into a period of waiting for what God would open next. Waiting does not mean inactivity. We worked on the house for six months, getting it painted, just in case God called us to a place where he wanted us to sell the house. Um, And then I worked at NCI Packaging on the factory floor to help make paint tins. And um, I did that for about six months, uh, a period of about six months. And during this time, I applied for different roles, both in and outside of pastoral ministry, all the time eagerly waiting what God would reveal. Now, I would love to say that I waited patiently. I didn't. Yet, um, it was at times like a roller coaster of emotions. Yet, we waited, knowing that God had something in store, but not knowing when it would be revealed. On Sunday, the 2nd of April, 2017, 365 days later, Northern Community voted for me to come here as the team leader. Isn't God interesting? Now, I'm interested in hearing your thoughts about waiting. Perhaps there's been a time, or maybe you're in a period of waiting right now. But um, you know, interested in hearing your thoughts about waiting and whether you've waited for something and it's come to fruition, or whether you're still waiting for something, or whether you've had to give up on or change your plans. So if you've had an experience of waiting, then love to hear your thoughts. Just raise your hand. I'll race around with the microphone. Love to hear your com- contribution about waiting for something. Still waiting? Yep. <laughs> Campbell's waiting. <laughs> How do you go with waiting? Thanks, Helen. I think if we all wait long enough, it does come to us. Mm-hmm. Our wishes, yep. our thoughts yep. and our prayers. Mm-hmm. But you have to be patient for it. Absolutely. And this is the main thing. But it does happen. Things have happened to me that I've waited for and I thought, oh, well, and I put them aside and suddenly that news comes through yep. or something like that. And I think, gee, I've waited that to hear something like that for years or yep. maybe just a couple of weeks or something. Yep. But it does come to you. Yep. You've just got to wait for it. Yeah. Sometimes, that, what do they say? A watch pot never boils. You know, that if you, you're focusing on something intently, then suddenly, sometimes it, the wait can seem longer. But when you actually put it to one side and say, okay, I'll just wait, then... That can sometimes come. Other thoughts about waiting, experiences of waiting for something? Yeah. Thanks, Anna. I'm Anna, for anybody who doesn't know me. Um, uh, before I came to know the Lord, I had a girlfriend who was born again, which I didn't realise, and she kept wanting, she kept asking me to come to church, and I'd say, no, no. I was a Catholic very early on, and then I was lapsed. And she kept saying, oh, would you like to come this week? We're having a ladies' weekend. 
No, no, I'm not really interested, no, no. She waited and prayed patiently for me for 10 years. Wow. You think 365 mm. days is a lot. When you said that, yeah. this, this is what came to mind. Yeah. Ten years. Yeah. And so now, when I pray for people to come to know the Lord and they don't come in a year or two, I just think it's okay because he waited for me for ten and he knew that the time was coming and that ten-year gap was just going to be just right for some reason. I don't know what it was. But he knew so he knows. I didn't have to wait patiently though because I didn't know what was going on. <laughs> she had to do the patient waiting and the yeah. patient praying. Yep. But just hang in there, whatever you're waiting for will mm. come. Yep. Another experience of waiting for someone? Yep. Thanks, Paul. Well, I've been waiting for a long time for the Lord to hear my prayers, especially for healing. Mm. And I know that I have to be patient. And I would like to share something here, a short yeah. one from Second Peter 3, 9, New Living Translation. It says, the Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. Mm. Yep. Yeah, for sure. And we wait for God and there's another passage that says a day is like a thousand years for the Lord and, 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 or a thousand years is like a day and, and our concept of time and God's concept of time because he's outside of time is different and so our waiting can seem like an eternity but for God it's just a moment. Yeah. You know, it can be interesting just that challenge of waiting and at the end of the, towards the end of the message time, I'd be interested in hearing some more thoughts from you about what we've looked at today and so we'll open it up again for some 30-second thoughts and about the, the message and, and the passage that we look at and what stands out for you. But around 400 years before the birth of Jesus, the last of our Bible's Old Testament writings were scribed. They regularly spoke about calling people back to Yahweh God. But they also consist consistently spoke about the one who was to come, the Messiah, or translated into Greek um, as the Christ. Over, four, over the next 400 years, the people of Israel waited. They waited as the Persians continued to control the nation of Israel. They waited for the Messiah as the Greeks, under the leadership of Alexander the Great, overthrew the Persians and took the, um, over the control of the country until the Egyptians rose up to occupy and rule over um, Judea for about 100 years. All the while, the Jews waited for their promised Messiah. Then, in um, 198 to 142 BC, the Syrians took control and outlawed the Jewish religion. And in 167 BC, the Syrian ruler slaughtered a pig in the temple sacred area to make it unclean, to try and wreck the Israelite worship. Perhaps the Messiah was to come with the Maccabean revolt. And while political independence came for a time, the Romans squashed their hopes with their overthrowing and occupation of Israel. In Acts chapter 5, verses 35 and 37, it speaks of Thordas and also of Judas the Galilean, who behaved in a messianic sort of way. 
There was also Simon of Perea and Athronjus, who also led uprisings at different times. Perhaps they were the Messiah that they were waiting for. But any hopes that they had in these came to naught. Some gave up waiting for the coming of the Messiah, while others still waited. And today we still find Jews who are waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. Around 6 to 5 BC, Jesus was born in Bethlehem. Meanwhile, in Jerusalem, Simeon continued to wait for the coming of the Messiah. And if you have your Bibles with you, I invite you to turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 35. As I retell the story of this account in Luke 2, 25 to 35. Last week, you might recall that 40 days after the birth of Jesus, Mary makes the 10-kilometer journey to the temple to offer her cleansing sacrifice, a pair of pigeons or turtle doves. And Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple to redeem him as their firstborn son. Sometime earlier, the Holy Spirit had been busy Perhaps in the years before, maybe even before Mary was born, the Holy Spirit had spoken to Simeon, a defining moment in his life. As Simeon eagerly waited for the coming of the Messiah, as Simeon hoped, as it were, lent into the promises of the sacred texts of old, promises that others had given up on, or perhaps believed that they had the same hope as Carlton winning a 2020 premiership. It's a nice idea, but not very likely. Simeon, however, was different. He eagerly waited for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. The Holy Spirit, in a defining moment, revealed. The Holy Spirit didn't just reassure or bring comfort, but in this defining moment, the Holy Spirit revealed that after 400 plus years of a nation's waiting, the Holy Spirit revealed to Simeon that before he died, before he went the way of his forefathers, he would, his very eyes would lay sight on the Lord's Messiah. Can you imagine how that must have shaped the way Simeon looked at the world from that time on? Perhaps days turned into weeks, weeks into months, months into years, after the Holy Spirit's defining moment. But every time a whiff of doubt crept in, Simeon pressed into, stepped into that promise. I will not die before I see him. It must have radically changed the way that Simeon looked at the world around him. Everywhere he looked, he saw potential. It was like a kid looking through the glass of a lolly shop, looking through at all the jars and seeing just a world of excitement full of potential and delight. Simeon looked for a sign, a hint, a clue of who, of which person it might be, adult or child. 
the day came. Perhaps it started like any other day, getting ready to go about normal routines, but an inner prompting or maybe a divine gravitational pull drew Simeon to the temple in Jerusalem. Nothing indicates that Simeon knew why he was to be at the temple that day. So we don't know what was going on in his mind as he spent time there. Perhaps he was a priest going about some temple duties, making their way through the various people also coming to the temple for a variety of reasons, some coming to pray, others coming to offer their sacrifices, ready to offer them in worship of God. Mary and Joseph came with some money to fulfill their requirements. It was Mary and Joseph's time to present Jesus to the Lord and to redeem him back by paying the redemptive price of five pieces of silver. But before the presentation is made, another defining moment is created by the Holy Spirit. Simeon sees Mary, Joseph and the baby as they bring uh, the baby um, to the Lord. It's not Joseph that becomes the focus of Simeon's intense gaze. His gaze is towards this one-month-old child, both fragile and full of potential. With a gesture, approval is given for Simeon to take this boy child in his arms. As Simeon looks down with delight, another defining moment is created in Simeon's life, one that he had eagerly been awaiting. A promise given by the Holy Spirit was now fulfilled. Bursting forth in spontaneous praise, Simeon declares in Luke chapter 2, 29 to 32, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised, as I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people Israel. Today, this declaration is often referred to by the Latin nunc dimittis. Nunc dimittis, Latin for now dismiss. It should come as no surprise that Mary and Joseph are amazed by what Simeon was saying about their child. Sure, every parent thinks their child is special, but Mary and Joseph even knew that Jesus was special. From Gabriel's angelic announcement, the Holy Spirit's conception, the shepherd's adoration, Jesus was the promised Messiah, but yet again, a complete stranger shares this defining moment with them. I can now die in peace. I can die happy knowing that I have seen what was promised to me, that I have seen Yahweh's salvation. Yahweh's salvation, not just for a few, not just for the elite, not just for the nation of Israel, but through Jesus, He is a light, a revelation of Yahweh God's salvation to all peoples, of all nations. As Simeon declares this, the Gentile court, the only place where the Gentiles, those who are not Jews, that had converted to the Jewish religion, uh, that 
this was the only place that they could worship. It was just there. And then came the court of women. That was as far as Mary could go in her worship of Yahweh God. Joseph could go closer to the Holy of Holies. He could go into the court of men. But this baby, this baby would go all the way. He would go all the way beyond the altar, beyond the holy of uh, the holy court to the holy of holies behind the curtain tearing down barrier after barrier after barrier to reveal god to the nations and bring glory and celebration for the people of israel simeon's eyes that were transfixed in delight on jesus now lift as simeon turns his gaze on joseph and Mary. Simeon then blesses Joseph and Mary and Jesus with a traditional blessing that was first um, passed down generations ago, all the way back to the first exodus, for the first time of freedom and redemption, a blessing given to Aaron. May the Lord bless you and protect you. May the Lord smile on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord show his favour and give you his peace. Peace. The words hung in the air as the mood changed for Simeon, as he now turned his attention to Mary. For the first time that we're aware of, words of tension between division and joy about the future heartache were uttered in Mary and Joseph's presence. Luke 2, 34 to 35. This child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall, but he will be the joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed, and a sword will pierce your very soul. Transporting warnings from Isaiah 8, 13 to 17. He will be a stone that makes people stumble. Simeon declares that with this child, there can be no middle ground, no ambivalence. Everyone will need to choose a side. For those who think that they can walk tall and are safe in their own standing, they will come crashing down. For those who are humble and lowly, they will find this child's destiny true joy. Centered as a sign, people will have to choose and many will oppose Jesus. Such is the catalytic impact of this child that his revelation of God will also shine the same revealing light into the deepest recesses of a person's heart. And as for your heart, Mary, Simeon continues, a time will come, Mary, a time will come where you will experience such anguish. It will be like a sword piercing the deepest recesses of your own soul. Over time, Mary would become known in some Christian traditions as Mata Dolorosa, Mother of Sorrows, as she witnessed the crucifixion of her son that she gave birth to. 
I wonder what's bubbling away for you. Themes that permeate this passage. Defining moments. Eager waiting. Messianic revelation um, realised. Challenge. Hope. Pain. But above all, God's plan for salvation. As you've heard this story, as you might have glanced at your Bible, reading some of the text as well, what stands out for you? What 30-second thought do you have? That Maybe a question is still stirring for you as you sit with this defining revelation of Jesus to Simeon and Joseph, but also to Mary. I want to open it up just if there's some interaction that you want to have, if there's something that God's laying on your heart about this story that resonates for you, that, that bubbles away for you. If you've got something that you'd like to contribute, just pop up your hand, I'll come around with a microphone and then I'll close off with a couple of last thoughts. Okay. You know, today as we position ourselves at the crest of a new year, perhaps 2019 has left you waiting. Perhaps you are longing for someone you know and love to come to know Jesus as their saviour, for there to be a a fresh revelation, a defining moment in their life. As we look to respond now to what we've been hearing today, you might want to write a prayer of response for your waiting, for someone that you're waiting to see come to know Jesus and to take out those response cards. But I would especially today want to invite you to listen to a song inspired by Luke 2, 29-32, Nunc Dimittis, Latin for Now Dismiss, and it's sung by Paul Smith and Voices 8. I invite you to close your eyes in just a moment as you offer to God whatever it is that you're waiting for, Perhaps you might want to sit with your eyes closed, your hands on your lap, palms sitting up, offering what you're waiting for to God as this song is played now. Thank you.